Chris Enns, host of Show Me Your Mic and the owner of SSKTN. And I think it's important to acknowledge milestones in the projects I do. And while 30 episodes isn't a huge number, it's still a lot more than I thought I'd get to with this show when I started it. I figured I would probably do four or five interviews with some podcasters I knew, and then it would fizzle out as people stopped replying to my emails and blocking me on Twitter to stop getting requests. But it didn't fizzle out. The response has been tremendous. Well, tremendous relative to most other podcasts I've done. Hundreds of downloads instead of tens of downloads. Real people tuning into a live stream instead of just me on the other computer testing it. So I wanted to mark this, the 30th episode, the diamond episode, if you will, if we were married, by saying thank you to all the listeners of Show Me Your Mic. Thanks for tuning in each week when I've recorded live, for downloading the shows, leaving a rating or review in iTunes, and spreading the word about the show on the internet. As I record this right now, I'm getting ready to head down to San Francisco, where I'll be for a few days. And it just so happened to work out that I could record my first live, in-person interview for Show Me Your Mic with Jason Snell of Macworld and the Incomparable Podcast at the Macworld offices in San Francisco. So assuming it all goes well and I'm able to find my way down there, here's my conversation with Jason Snell for this, the 30th episode of Show Me Your Mic. You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, a podcaster who's hoping to learn more about the craft by talking to fellow broadcasters. All right, hello. Welcome to uh, episode 30 of Show Me Your Mic. This is a very, uh, very special, <laughs> very special episode in that, well, 30 isn't like the, it's not the most special number in the world, but it's a milestone. And then on top of that, I happen to also be in San Francisco, and which is unique in itself. But then on top of that as well, I happen to be at Macworld's offices, the, the world headquarters, as it were. Sure. Sure. Uh, along with uh, the, the voice of Jason Snell, well, <laughs> the, the body whole, too. Yes. <laughs> the All whole, of me the is here. <laughs> and uh, so having a wonderful time in San Francisco and now trying to get my head around being in podcast back home in my basement mode <laughs> while in San Francisco. Anyways. We're, in a, we're in a windowless room in <laughs> San Francisco instead. I know. It's kind of funny, actually. This is less scenic, less uh, whatever uh, picturesque than my own little, I mean, I just look out in my backyard. But oh, that's nice. Yeah, it has a window. Yes. We have a little padded room. If you go crazy, you can <laughs> yeah. just bump into the walls. And I'm thinking this worked well when Merlin and Dan were here anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's also the first time I'm doing, uh, I think, I'm, there, there's probably, I think there was, at a, there was a podcast I did with my wife where we talked about Survivor, and so then we were actually in the same room together. But other than that... <laughs> yeah, podcasting is a lonely art most yeah. of the time, right? You end up with the uh, just a bunch of different people on Skype. But we are actually across the table from one another. A real table, not a virtual not Skype a virtual table. Skype, yeah. yeah. And so um, the main re- well, one of the big reasons why I'm having you on this show, besides the opportunity to come and, and geek out at the Macworld offices, is because you do a podcast, The Incomparable, and as well as other podcasting-related duties. Yeah, I'm on lots of podcasts now. Sometimes on (laughs) Macworld, and then we have a Tech Hub podcast called Clockwise, and then there's The Incomparable, which I do in my spare time. So yeah, lots of podcasting. Right. Yeah, the Clockwise one, which I actually haven't even had my podcasting listening cues. Yeah, there's too many podcasts. I'm about 100 episodes behind on The Incomparable, and then never mind. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everything else. Number 53 was great. (laughs) Exactly. Get ready for it. So, and uh, the show itself, the the sort of premise or the idea of the show, it's, I listened to the, it was episode uh, 50, I think, where you sort of did a, a description of why you're doing the show, or maybe it was episode 100. 100 was right. the was the ultimate kind of meta episode about why we do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why I was listening to it on the plane and sort of then sometimes dozed out, I think. Right. right. That was your homework. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> I saw your tweet about that. Yeah. Listening on the plane. No. And uh a sort of book club for for uh, book movie nerd club, as it were, for a podcast. Sure, yeah, yeah. We talk about the works. I was I was uh, I was on another podcast last night, and they were asking me about that. And I'd say it's they said uh, it's a geek culture podcast, and I said yeah, but um, what in specific what it is is it's trying to talk about 
the the works themselves. So we'll talk about a book, or we'll talk about a couple books, or we'll talk about a movie, or a comic, or a TV show, or or some other things like that. But mostly it's about it's about the actual stuff. We don't really talk a lot about like the news or the people who are involved or fandom as a concept. It's not ever really about that stuff. It's really about the stuff we like. Usually, sometimes we don't like it, but mostly the stuff we like and why we like it and what you know what's good about it and what's bad about it and and uh, you know have a little bit of a critical eye toward it and then uh, uh, you know that's that so that's basically it so we'll you know we did an episode about Star Trek Into Darkness we did an episode about uh, Iron Man three we did an episode about Man of Steel but we also did you know we've done Game of Thrones and a bunch of sci-fi novels of various kinds and uh, Hawkeye and Saga com- in the comic book club and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, you happen to list off a few of the episodes that I uh, there's the uh, Iron Man three which I haven't seen yet. Uh, as you know, or you maybe used to know when you have younger kids, you don't get to see movies as quickly. I, I do know that. It's only this year that we've really actually been able to see modern, like, wow. current releases. So what, what, when do I have to wait till My kids are six. My oldest is six right now. I'm. Well, my daughter's 11 and my son's nine, here. just turned nine. And it was only, you know, so he's sort of the defining factor. Yeah. And, and now I feel like we can take them to, to those PG and PG-13 movies with some a little bit of guidance. And, yeah. uh, you know, we still have to check. But I think, like, Iron Man... And Star Trek weren't really a problem for them. Yeah. Okay. So I got a few years, anyways. Unless yeah. I go with the Merlin time, like listening to Merlin on some of his shows and some of the other, like every parent's different. Every parent's different. Yeah. Every kid is they different. Their- you, you know your own kid, <laughs> and you can make your own judgments. I know kids who who can't watch scary movies even now. Yeah. And they're in their, you know, they're they're like preteens or teens, and then there are other kids who can watch scary stuff at five, and it's not a big deal to yeah. them. It's just every kid is different. Yeah. And every par- uh, podcast evolves or devolves into a parenting podcast if there's parents involved so inevitably we did a parenting episode check that out. absolutely yes, okay we did <laughs> actually i think i listened it's called to kids have bad taste <laughs> a title given by john syracuse and i think it's appropriate well that's what i was going to say using uh in one of the ep- probably was episode 100 i'm thinking where you talked about being hypercritical about the things you love is sort of the uh a, a bit of a you know base premise or whatever for the show because you get feedback from folks yeah. who say I listened to it, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, maybe a Star Trek or even the Star Wars one I listened right. to, episode one, you finally did or whatever, you yes. know, two episode arc on Star Wars episode one, you know, and people would think maybe you're going to tune in and you're all just going to praise it, but it was <laughs> pretty good, you know. Well, we tore, that, we tore that one into little pieces. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. But even the <laughs> things we love, even the Star, Star Wars movies, the original trilogy where we did two episodes about each of them, um, you know, we there was plenty of stuff to criticize and analyze, and you're right. The John Syracuse approach: the uh, nothing is so perfect that it can't be criticized, and that and the idea that you can um, by thinking critically about something that you liked or loved, you get more out of it. And it goes back to the idea of the book club. That mm-hmm. what's the point of a book club? The book club, assuming it's a book club where people actually talk about the book and don't just like sit there and drink <laughs> and drink wine and don't talk about the book. Yeah. But if you if if you go there and you talk about the book. You know, the point is to sort of like get perspectives about this book and why, you know, why it told the story the way it did and what that means and what the author might have intended as a message and all of that that makes it kind of unfold. And you go, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And it makes it more and you appreciate it more by having thought about it like that. And I think that's what we try to do. Yeah. So let's get a little hypercritical, I guess, of The Incomparable. Sure. (laughs) And maybe we'll find out things that we like more about it. This is my life every day. I'm thinking about (laughs) <laughs> hypercritical about things that I do, whether it's incomparable or MacWorld or anything like that. Absolutely. And I, well, actually stepping back for a second, I guess, do you do this show in this studio or is that a just sort of home podcast I, stuff? Or do you have I think mix? I've done the incomparable in this, in this particular room once, which was at WWDC when, um, John and, and, uh, and Dan Morin and Serenity Caldwell were all here. Right. Because that was our chance to do it again, do in the person. rare in-person podcast. Yeah. Um, and the first couple I did, I think, like at 5, five or 5.30 in the afternoon in my office um, back uh, a couple years ago because uh, we hadn't settled on the time. Most of the episodes we record now are at 8 o'clock Pacific, 11 Eastern. So it's pretty late for our East Coast guys, but they're, mm. they stay up late. And so I, I, sit, um, I sit on my bed. I've got a, you know, I've got a Yeti, uh, a blue Yeti on a, now on a tripod. It didn't used to be just on my stomach. Now it's on a tripod. And uh, I close the door and, uh, you know, say, say goodnight to my kids who are going to bed about then and uh, plug in my headphones and I record most of the time sitting 
on uh, on my bed. There are a few that I've done in various other places, but but nine <laughs> times out of ten, it's just I'm sitting. My my house is very small. I don't have any. I don't have an office. Yeah. So that's where I do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I think people would would sort of have the idea that uh, you know you're with well, this is MacWorld. You work for MacWorld. You'd have your your pick of gear maybe, and your pick of a huh. you'd have like the big fancy studio at the top of the MacWorld tower. Well, I mean, podcast podcasting is definitely not a huge revenue revenue stream for us. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think MacWorld's podcast is does about as well as the incomparable in terms of ad sales, which is not it's better than nothing. Um, and and coming on, uh, I think we all have Lex Friedman to thank for that. But um, <laughs> you know, so so one of the reasons we have this studio at all is because I'm a believer in the medium, and I think that doing audio and we we do videos, and this can be a voiceover studio, and we can do our podcasting in here, and we can do other audio recording in here, and so we built a studio in here. On a budget, you know, we've got some boom arms and some microphones and uh, an iMac, and those are pretty easy to come by because we have like test systems from the lab, and I think this iMac was one of them. And we bought a uh, a FireWire mixer, and then at home, my setup is yeah, it started out it was a Blue Snowball, and then after a while, I bought a Yeti, which is basically the microphone I recommend to anybody who wants to be a podcaster is to get a Yeti because it's better than the Snowball. It's got a headphone jack. Uh, it's pretty cheap. It's like a hundred bucks most of the time. You can find it for around then, and then um, only in the last six months did I get a a tripod, mostly because I wanted to put on a pop filter because I I edit my own podcast and I could hear all the pops yeah. and it bugged the crap out of me. So I finally <laughs> decided, okay, if I'm going to get a pop filter, then I need to get a a stand and I don't have anything to clip it to. So I ended up getting a, a tripod, an instrument uh, tripod. And it, that's actually worked really great. And I don't oh, have yeah. to hold the, I don't have to cradle the microphone on my stomach anymore. <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll post, a, I took a picture of the, the room here, the space. And uh, as I, I'm obviously getting used to a pop filter. That's right. I should have. Dan gave me, I had Dan on, on this show and he laid into me for not having a, a pop filter. So I, I took the pop filter off of my mic at home. Um, because uh, we did one of our Dungeons and Dragons episodes that we've done a few of, where we actually play it. We're we're slowly playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons on the internet. Like that's never happened before. <laughs> um, and I, it was like a ninety degree day, sort of like today when we're recording this. It was one of our rare hot days, yeah. and and I couldn't bear to be inside in our house recording that one. So I I literally set up a, a lawn chair, you know, like a like a captain's chair in the backyard, and took the tripod out there. <laughs> but I didn't take the um, pop filter out there, yeah. and I sat and I recorded an episode outside, which actually even with the Yeti, you know, it actually sounded pretty good. It, it didn't pick up a lot of of outside noise. Um, but so when I brought it back inside, I forgot to clip the pop filter on, and I recorded an episode without the pop filter. And I was sitting there editing it, and I went pop filter, and I could hear <laughs> every as as little as this little tiny thing of pantyhose that's an inch away from the microphone <laughs> looks. Whose pantyhose? Uh, well, this is this is like uh, <laughs> extra pantyhose that was rejected by the pantyhose factory, right. so they make it into pop filters. But it makes a difference. So yeah. I, I put it back on. Yeah. I'll have to do some before and after experiments. There's probably a, you know, it's like most things where the podcast producers listen to their podcasts with better headphones than anybody will likely listen to the podcast with. Probably. And for the most part. I mean, there's obviously a few right. audio files that listen. And we're to listening to the uncompressed version, not the MP3 version. Exactly. Either. So it's yeah. it's by far better than anybody is <laughs> actually going to hear in yeah. the end. Yeah. Which that's where I think going back to the the microphone recommendations and things, you, you're you talking about the Yeti, which is, uh, yeah, around 100 and change, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's depending on the sale on Amazon. It's roughly a hundred bucks. Yeah. Sometimes it's less. And I know when I've seen that go out, you know, like I think a couple weeks ago there was a sale on the Yeti, and yeah. a bunch of people tweeted about it. And then you get a bunch of people, podcast nerds or audio, quote, I'm doing the air quotes, nerds who say, no, you should never buy the Yeti because it's whatever, and it picks right. up that, and then you need to spend the two hundred fifty dollars on the say. Pro, uh, road podcast, which is the right. if on the of the thirty episodes of the show, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's probably like twenty of the thirty people that I've interviewed. Anyways, if they're not using a Hile, they're using a a road podcast. Road podcaster, yeah, I've got one of those that's in, in over <laughs> out in the office, um, and it's not bad. It, it's different. It's 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 uh it's really quiet. Um, it's okay. I I, I feel like the difference in quality for me. For podcasting, the difference in quality is not enough to justify mm-hmm. the difference in price between those two products. But I'm of the spirit, too, of, or the mind of, you know, especially if it's your first time. Yeah, I hear people telling people, no, you need to go buy the Rode Podcaster. And 
you know that whatever the number is, like it's you know most people get to ten episodes, let alone yeah, yeah. a hundred or hundred and fifty or whatever. <laughs> I did a podcasting panel at a sci-fi convention in L.A. They asked me to be on the panel, which was very nice because I'm not really in like sci-fi fandom at all. But but um, somebody I know who does a sci-fi podcast that I do listen to was setting up this panel, and he said I'd love for you to be on it. And I said sure. And I had to pay my own, you know, I drove down to, and stayed at my in-laws and I paid my own way to the convention and I did it. But what the, the thing I really learned from that entire thing was a lot of the people who are doing podcasting, they have no budget. They don't have a low budget. They literally have no budget. And yeah. when I said, you know, you shouldn't use a headset, you should buy a USB microphone, I had a bunch of hands who were like, what do you recommend? But it's too, they're, they're too expensive. I was looking at the snowball, but it's too expensive. I'm like, oh my God, the snowball's like 50 bucks. Yeah. And they're like, it's too expensive. It's like, wow, okay. You know, it, it put gave me some perspective about there are a lot of people who are doing this. They love it. They may not even do it for more than a handful of episodes, and they're not really willing to put that, you know, 50 bucks into it. I'd say if you're, you know, I started with a snowball too. Yeah. I, 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 what I've learned after all this time is that is that I've I've been with the Yeti long enough to feel like I I don't have any, I don't feel a need to upgrade from the Yeti. I think it's fine. It's got a it's got a manual gain control. It's got a mute button. It's got a headphone jack, uh, and it's got a volume uh, volume control. So it, it sort and it sounds really good. Um, I think that I'm sure I could find a microphone that would sound better. I'm not sure that. After it all got put together, it would really that anybody would notice, and that's a that's a trend. I mean, you've talked to all of all of these people. I think there's a trend in audio, which is you know you can go super high end because there are super high end recording things. The musicians especially have incredible opinions of what good audio is, and they apply that knowledge to podcasting. And I would argue that maybe what's important for a musician is not necessarily as important for a podcaster. It's a bottomless pit. You could invest huge amounts of money in equipment and editing and processing of voices and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, you could go on forever. But I think that there's probably a point where it's like, this sounds this sounds good, this sounds professional, this sounds clear. Yeah. And uh, for me, I, yeah, I, I feel no need to go above the Yeti. Now, if I got somebody who wanted to be on our podcast and had I and wanted to do it with like iPhone headphones, I would say you can't be on, you know. Yeah. Or I would say, can you can you buy a Snowball? Can you buy a Yeti? Can I send you a microphone? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, you know that's there is a level that's unacceptable. But I think that I think the Yeti is uh, is the best I've found in terms of of. Uh, of price, and when I talk to people about it, I'm like, "It's a hundred bucks. For a hundred bucks, you get a really good microphone. Yes, you might be able to get a better one for two fifty. Yeah, but that's. I mean, then you yeah. can also get a better one for three fifty. Sure, Heil, and if you got the. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk to Dan Benjamin, going. and he'll talk about <laughs> talk about the the Heil that he uses, and yeah. and they, um, if I was setting up a professional recording studio, like like he has, like Leo Laporte has, I would probably do that. But you know, in MacWorld. Um, you know, it was a big spend to spend, you know, 500 bucks on what we've got here, basically, yeah. or maybe a thousand total gradually over time. Um, so, you know, it, it, it all depends on your priorities. I mean, I do think it's like computer people, you know, and I know those people really well. I'm one of those people <laughs> where computer people are like very finicky about their hardware and their software. And there's like the stuff, the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. And audio people are like that, too. They get really finicky about stuff. And that's fun. And that's great. When occasionally it's kind of chauvinistic about, well, you really should have some serious equipment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but in the end, I, I, I think I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that it matters that much when all you're doing is ending up with a little low bitrate mono podcast. Yeah. So I guess with your guests, you you mentioned you know like having mics because you do have a variety of guests, and anybody who's listened to any of the episodes would know there's a. I, forget, I don't know what the total number would be, eight, ten, maybe random. Yeah, we we so. we usually will have somewhere between uh, you know three and five guests in an episode and the panel itself is probably about a dozen people that kind of come and go but and they're all over the all over the country i think they're all in the u.s no canadians, no canadians yet but it's always possible uh no <laughs> brits either although the time would be very hard for them recording it live is actually a big problem it's you know that, yeah. that limits us to when we can record we're all pretty busy and finding a time that's in common uh, is is hard because I've got people who are parents. Like Glenn Fleischman can't do it before about eight o'clock. 
Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> and he would prefer it at 830. <laughs> yeah. But that's too late for the East Coasters. But if I get it earlier, like I could do it, I could stay after work and at 6 or 630 or something, I could record it here. That would be better for the East Coasters, maybe, unless they were out doing something and then coming back for this. But then the people with kids um, on the West Coast couldn't do that. Yeah. So it's that's one of the reasons. Um, I think that we're a little a little more geographically limited than it's kind of a miracle that we've even got east and west coast people on given yeah all of that yeah no definitely and it says yeah just knowing the little that I've done with scheduling as far as a reoccurring guests and then trying to incorporate um, random folks which I guess what I was going to ask you is as far as mics and stuff do you sort of Require them, or have most of them had yeah, yeah. sort of some gear that they've brought well, to the table? Well, like I said, um, at this point, I basically do require <laughs> that they have a good microphone. I actually have um, somebody who's only been on one episode, and and I'm scheduling him on a new episode soon. And his first episode, he's a very technical guy. I know that he's got a good microphone somewhere, and yet when he came on Skype, he was obviously I know the sound. He was obviously using an iPhone headset because I could hear the rattling of hear it the, as it slides yeah. against your T-shirt. I know what that sounds like. Like and I want to and early on in the in the podcast, uh, Greg Noss, one of the the panelists, he was doing it that way too. And we had one of those, you know, I need you to get a better microphone. And he got a snowball, and it's fine. That that's yeah. good. That's good enough. It's no a little noisy. I do a lot of denoising and stuff, but it's fine. Most of them have a Yeti now, I think, or a or a Rode Podcaster. Um, Serendi Caldwell has a fancy, I don't know what it is, but she's got a fancy condenser mic and the blue um, XLR Mm -hmm. digital input thingy that goes XLR to USB. I forget the name of it Um, because she had a really good microphone. And so it was better for her to buy that um, digital converter than buy a USB microphone. That makes sense. The Icicle. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. They all have all the cute names. But most most (laughs) people have the... The, the Yeti or maybe the Snowball or the Podcaster. And, uh, and yeah, if, I, if I've got somebody on who's going to be a new guest, that's, that's what actually worries me when I try to get somebody new on is i got to make sure that they got a decent microphone. Oh, the other story is that Glenn Fleischman um, was on for like a year using a headset. And there are people – I'm sorry, people who like headset microphones. There are people out there who think headset microphones are appropriate for podcasting. They're not. They sound terrible. Even th- now, if you are, uh, you know, NFL sideline broadcaster, and you've got a you've got one of those little headset mics that costs. I don't. I was watching one of them uh, talk, and they were sa- they sounded clear even with all the crowd noise. And I thought, oh my god, how much uh, yeah, must that microphone be- cost? That's like a five thousand <laughs> dollar microphone. But a consumer <laughs> level headset that you would the, the one that you're using the twenty nine dollar one is not yeah. good enough. And, and I don't say that as an audio snob. I'm saying it because. I would listen to the isolated track of Glenn, and all I could hear was <sighs> when he wasn't talking. Yeah. Because, and it's not that he was heavy breathing. I mean, maybe he was heavy breathing a little bit. <laughs> it's but a lot of work podcasts. The, the microphone is in his <laughs> is hanging in front of his mouth or yeah. his nose. It's just not. It, yeah. It's not. It doesn't sound good. So we we made my we made Glenn get. A better mic, and I think he's actually upgraded a couple of times, and and now he's got I think a podcaster on a boom, uh, and he has his own podcast too. Yeah. So that was the it was like first he was a headset guy, then I cajoled him into getting like a snowball or a yeti, and then he got his own podcast, and then he got a boom arm and a and a road podcaster, and now he's good to he's go. Good to go, yeah. That's uh, the new disruptors, right? Is his new disruptors, right? Right. So, folks. but he was a headset guy, and we made fun of Glenn's breathing, and it turned out the breathing <laughs> was not Glenn, the breathing was that headset, and. And it just is unfortunately uh, placed and not not good enough quality. Yeah, there's no off mic. You're never off mic with that, unfortunately. No. So, um, well, let's talk about I guess the the way that you record. So you you have all these guests who are all over the place. Yep. And, uh Presumably using Skype to yeah. Other than other than the, the Dungeons and Dragons ones, we've done uh, oh, like, Google Hangouts on right. air. Um, we tried to we we've talked about doing the video stuff. The problem is the video you have to actually put effort into not looking. Like horrendous <laughs> and like speaking as somebody who who records sitting on his bed i i would be like a shadowy figure with weird lighting because it's not i mean it's that goes not well with dungeon and dragon it's not well that's but. true actually i should just turn off the lights and it's very it's very dark uh and and we tried to record one with john syracusa and he doesn't even have he is a mac pro he doesn't even have a oh a, yeah a, a camera there right. i said i can send you i've got a firewire eyesight camera i can nice. send you or you could buy a logitech yeah. hd camera for 90 bucks but um you know he 
it, it's so so we don't do that other yeah. than the D&D thing where we thought it would be fun and we actually need we use roll 20 which is a plugin for Google Hangouts that shows like the map and lets you roll the dice so oh, we gotcha. did that but otherwise yes we use Skype and almost everybody uses Call Recorder, which is the Ecamm software plugin that lets you record a Skype conversation, and it records your audio on one track and the Skype audio of everyone else on the other track. And then they've got a utility that actually lets you split that into two tracks, and then they mail me track one, which is their voice. Some people use QuickTime Player. Um, mm-hmm. One of the nice things about OS X right now is that if, if somebody's on a Mac – and, they're one, and they need to be on the podcast, I don't actually need to get them to install any special software. I can say, go to QuickTime Player, do new audio recording, click the triangle, select your microphone, select, um, select good quality or high quality, but not the best quality, press the big red button, you're recording. Yeah. You know, it's great that, that you can do that. So some people do stuff like that. Um, but it's mostly all of us in call recorders. So everybody records their end, and then they... Um, they put it somewhere, usually Dropbox. We have a Dropbox shared folder. And um, and then I pull it out of there and I take those and I, uh, you know, I'll convert those into the right format. Usually those come in as like MP4s or move, move you know, QuickTime movie files and I will convert them to AIFF using one of the tools that just comes with Call Recorder actually. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then I'll put it in Logic Pro, which I'm using now. I used to use GarageBand, but I use Logic Pro now. And, um, and then you got to line them up and make sure you know. You, so you import. I import my Skype track along with my audio track, and then I line all of their voices up to match. Although for the last month or so, I've been using Sidetrack, which is this thing that's not yet out by Marco Arment, oh, right. that <laughs> automatically light automatically lines up those files. And I'd say it works sort of five out of six times. It doesn't work every time because it'll find something that isn't quite right. Um, but it works pretty well when it works. It's magical because it. <laughs> automatically senses um, where the audio is uh, in relation to your Skype track and it crops it at the right place or pads it with silence at the right place. And then it scans the file for lag in case the the clocks are a little bit out of sync. So like they start lined up at at the one minute mark, but by the 70 minute mark, they're a half a second off and it fixes that by patching in silence. It's kind of amazing. It's it's good. It's just a little command line utility. And when he releases it, I think he's going to just ask that people mention his product. Yeah. on the show. I've heard him once. talk about it on, on ATP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it works. I'm, I'm one of the beta testers and it, it's uh, it's it's good. It's not perfect. It, it occasionally will throw a fit and generate a five gigabyte file <laughs> that yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but uh, most of the time it works It works pretty well. So that saves me a lot of time in lining that stuff up. And so what you're saying is, just so I understand what's going on exactly, is then when, because uh, you have whatever it is, let's say there's five tracks of, yeah. of different folks talking. And normally what I've heard with doing what you're calling, you're doing is commonly called a double, double ender. Yeah. Although in, the, in my case, it's oh. often a four or five ender. Quad ender. Yes, <laughs> it's a multi-ender. <laughs> Sounds dirty, but it's San Francisco. Yeah. Um, you, uh, yeah. I don't even know how five ender would work, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, you... Uh, no, I've lost my train of thought because I saw things in San Francisco. I so I, dro- I, I drop them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're in the heart of darkness now. It's, it's apocalypse now all of Fisherman's a sudden. Wharf and all that. No. Uh, um, <laughs> the um, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I drop I drop those files into Logic. So I end up with a stack of mm-hmm. voices of everybody's isolated voices and a Skype track, which I generally delete unless somebody had a yeah, a dropout or something. Yeah. It's a good backup, but generally it's just for reference or for like the before and after show stuff. If I save some of that, sometimes people turn off their recording right. and then there's something funny happens. Yeah. But for the main show, basically it's just a stack of voices and and like the theme song is on its own track and mm-hmm. the, the announcer computer voice that says what the episode number is is on its own track. And that's it. And then um, – and so um, – And because what typically happens there is, you know, most podcasters probably – Line those up, and then press hit, press save, press save, and export. <laughs> but you take it the extra extra level, know. or I don't know if most podcasters do that. I would say most podcasters probably don't record multi track. They they probably yeah. just take the Skype track, or or they're using if it's in person. Even they maybe they just have an analog mixing board and they're taking the single track. Um, and I could do that. I I don't for two reasons. One is there are Skype dropouts. Yeah, and uh, that's bad. That I don't like them, um, and then two, the yeah the audio quality is better when it's a source recording. Uh, Skype does compress the hell out of things. Actually, in some ways, the Skype recording is better than an untouched source recording because the untouched source recording you can hear the noise right. and 
its uh, variable volume, and Skype does a really good job actually of just smashing the hell out of the audio and yeah. making it serviceable <laughs> and audible. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I compress the audio. I run it through a compressor and an EQ um, and a noise gate, and I will run it through sound soap and pull the that fan noise out of it if I need to, because some of my people are East Coasters who've got their air conditioning on, and if they turn them off, they die, so they have to leave it on. <laughs> and we try to pull that stuff out. Um, and then I use I use strip silence, which is a command in Logic, which is awesome. That takes the your you know your two hour or one hour long single audio track. And it basically deletes everything that is silent, all silent passages. So you're left with these little blobs in the track that are only when somebody's making noise. Right. And that's that allows me to be really lazy because then rather than sitting there and playing through the entire episode, I can actually just scroll until I – because collisions where people are talking over each other are visible. You can actually see when there's noise on multiple audio tracks at once. And that and that's the stuff that I work on. I, I really don't – unless somebody said a bad word or went on a real digression that I want to take out. And since I'm, names, but. since I'm on the, on the episode, <laughs> Lisa Schmeiser <laughs> – uh, strange. At least Lisa's the one who swears on the on oh, the podcast. I was talking about swearing. I was talking about the rants that someone oh, the, goes on. Oh, the rants, Merlin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the um, now all of us are guilty of yeah, those rants. I take myself out actually that's a the nature lot. Of the show, I think, anyway. as the as the host, I'm like, there's enough of me in there. I'll take myself okay. out. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm on the show, so I know what happens. So I might take some of that stuff out. But generally, when somebody's just talking for a couple of minutes, I just let them talk. I can see that they're talking and nobody else said a word. Mm-hmm. I can see like if there was like somebody bumped their microphone and that's great because I can just – I can see it and I just take it out. I don't even need to hear, oh, I heard a little bump there. I bet maybe somebody's door shut because somebody came in to get something and just take all that stuff out. And then I get to the collision part, which is where somebody start, stops and somebody does a false start and somebody else does a real start but then says, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, and then yeah. I can take that. And that's stuff I actually work on. That's the stuff where I pull it apart because with that many people, like Dan Benjamin, when I told him I was going to do three, four, five panelists, he said, you can't. It's too many people. Yeah. And that's sort of what the show is, is, is a group of, of, of friendly people having a chat. Um, but where I pay for that is in those collisions because on Skype – and in real life, people start to talk over each other and then eventually somebody wins. And on the show, I want to take that out. I want it to sound much more like somebody stopped, their idea was done, and then the next person picked up and they continued. And in reality, a couple other people probably false started in there. Right. But, you know, we didn't, you know, the audience doesn't need to hear that part of it. We just, I try to smooth that stuff out. But that's that's basically all I do in yeah. terms of editing. Yeah, and to us, us me uh, seeing... Uh, when I say us, I mean like the lazy podcasters among the <laughs> listeners out there who I tip, when I do a group recording, I do the like, you know, you're just all, whoever else is coming in on Skype is on one track. My audio yep. will sound awesome and you guys will sound compressed and yep. then we'll all get compressed together and, <laughs> but I don't do a lot of chopping it up, but, um, and hearing the way you describe it, I mean, it is extra work, but it doesn't sound like a lot of extra work, you know. And it's at, so, at the start, it was a lot of extra work, yeah. and I felt like I kind of had to do it because of the because of the crosstalk, because there were so many guests. Yeah. But um, and if I was just doing a one on one, I probably wouldn't bother um, unless there was a Skype problem. But um, as time's gone on, it, yeah, it's become really really efficient to do it because everybody knows they put their file, they split the file, they have their solo file, they drop it in Dropbox. Yeah. I take it out of Dropbox, drop it on the AIFF converter that comes with Call Recorder, uh, use Marco's tool, drag it into Logic. It's not that complicated. And yeah. it does give me the ability when you know, you've got one person talking and then somebody else is in the background going <coughs> like that. You're like, crap, you know, if, yeah. if you're on if you're on that flattened Skype file, there's nothing you can do yeah. other than take out whatever that person was saying, even though that was perfectly fine, because there's the coughing guy on the other on the other microphone. You know, and it doesn't happen all that often, but um, you know, it, it yeah, it, it's less work. It's more work than not doing it, but it's a lot less work than it used to be for me. And so I, I'm going to keep doing it because it gives me enough better quality for me to do it. That said, when we do a live episode, like the one that we did in here, there is something really nice about like, oh, thank God, I can't edit that episode. <laughs> it's like nice. It's like that episode cannot be edited. Yeah. Great. Because <laughs> that's really easy to post. That that takes yeah. me like half an hour to post live instead of like a couple, you know, two, three hours. Yeah. So. Which is ironic in that, uh, and folks might think because, like I was bugging you before we started, or maybe it was in the show, I can't remember now, but, you know, 
coming to Macworld, I, you sort of think, well, they've got, they're going to have the 64-track studio and Mac Pro Towers and new Macs that haven't even been released yet. And uh, yeah. iPhone 6s sure. I see you're using and you know all that kind of stuff. Sure. I got the 6-inch iPhone here. <laughs> and, but in reality, and so then yeah, you could do a live recording where you could actually have all, all four of the mics that we have in the room here on individual tracks. Well, and then, well we are, actually, as we record this, we are, we are yeah. on individual tracks. It's a digital mixer. Right, so we can, okay. we can have everybody on their own track. But if I want to, if we cross talk and I want to cut it out, you, I can't right, because all in I'll hear on your track, I'll hear me in the background trying yeah, to talk. Yeah, and yeah. then it's, you get weird, like ghost voices of like, why? I thought I heard Jason in the background there, <laughs> but, but he wasn't on, on his microphone. What, why, why did that happen? So in the end, um, the multi-track in a room like this is mostly valuable because if the levels are off, I mean, you can press the you can compress the tracks individually and yeah. level level them out so that if I'm too loud at a point and you're too loud at a point, we can it can balance it off. But editing wise, there's not a whole no. lot you can yeah, do. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So all that aside, or that, all that being said, I guess there was episode one thirty three. Which, right, which I can tell you. Obviously I know that, that, that it's <laughs> burned on my brain. <laughs> which uh, anybody like sixty to show, hours working on that. Well, that's what I was going to say. So it's <laughs> the the episode is the if I was had my gear set up at home, I would I could play back a little bit of it, and maybe I'll throw some in here. But um, that's a whole other licensing issue. We never really crossed that issue with podcasting, like quoting. Playing back well, other people's that's podcasts. That's fair use. If you're, yeah. t- if you're playing back my podcast while you're talking about it, that's totally fair use. <laughs> there you go. I just won't put the whole thing in. And Permission <laughs> granted. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but anyways, it's the uh, the musical episode, which, um, yeah, we'll I'll, I'll put a link to the show note, to it in the show notes, which if you're listening to this some, from somewhere, you found it, ssktn.com. Look for Show Me Your Mic, and Jason's smiling face will be there, episode 30. Um, you can find a link to it. Oh, there you go. Now, nobody will be able to hear this, oh, but right, okay. <laughs> but it's the incomparable radio theater of the air, which was our our old time radio episode. Okay, so so talk me through that one because there was obviously a fair, fair bit more editing. Oh and yeah, producing, oh and this is this is going above and beyond. This a is my respect for audio editors, audio professionals everywhere. We did um, for April first, we tried to do something different, and so for this year, we tried to do uh, old time radio theater, radio dramas like from the thirties and forties. Um. I guess before that too, but the the dawn of radio before television came in and, and sort of turned radio into something different. And uh, a guy named David Lore, who is a playwright and designer, and he lives in Indiana, and he's a fan of the incomparable and of MacWorld and of a bunch of other podcasts and stuff that that um, we did we did, and he talked to us all the time on Twitter. And um, we had been talking about doing a radio drama for a while and couldn't figure out how to write it because um, we're not professional uh, dramatists. And we all always were like, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. Um, and then I thought, hey, we know a playwright. And I asked him and he wrote a script. He wrote his own script. And that's basically what we used um, with lots of references and things. So we did it. And we thought, OK, well, now we need to record this. We'll just do it like we do the podcast. So we got everybody who was in the episode on a Skype call. And that was an enormous, insane, like 10, 10 11 person Skype call. Um, we've, it was actually two Skype calls. So it wasn't exactly the same people, but it was close. Right. It was like 10 people every time. Um, everybody Skype, recording their own end. Skype didn't barf on that. Skype was, didn't barf. It yeah. was okay. Oh, I mean, it was when people were talking yeah. at once, it was a disaster. But yeah. the good thing was we were largely just, people were muting if they weren't on and everybody had the script. Yeah. And what we did was we read through the script and everybody read their lines once through and then we did it, um, and then we did it one more time uh, and then we did pickups where um, Serenity, who was directing basically, would say, say, give me a different line reading. Um, so we ended up with um, uh, over two, it was two, I'm going to say two, three hour sessions, two, two and a half hour sessions over the course of about three days. There's like a Sunday and a Tuesday. We recorded the whole thing. And I was thinking, all right, I got this now. I, I can, I can assemble this. It'll be a little harder, but I, I can do it. And I did the first edit of the, the, of the first day on the Sunday. I did the first edit like Monday of the stuff we recorded the first day. And dropping in the dialogue and getting all the right takes and all of that, that wasn't so bad. And then I listened to it and I thought, oh my God, um, this needs atmosphere, sound effects, room tone. Uh, when people are walking, you need to hear them walking. Um, you know, not just the gunshots, but all of that other stuff. Uh, I'm going to need stock audio. Um, it became a whole lot bigger. 
And then, I mean, and, and editing the dialogue together was harder than a normal episode because you literally do have to listen to every single one and then pick which take you want and all of that. Um, and then we had to do some re-recordings. We replaced one of the actors because the first actor didn't do a great job. We had him doing a funny accent and it didn't work. And then we, we so we got somebody new. And then Serenity wanted to redo one of her parts because two of her funny voices were di- were too similar. So I had to drop in a whole new t- set of her responses to all the other characters in one episode. So the the old parts were still there from everyone else. And then she had a new part inserted, which took yeah. extra time. Um, man, so so in the end, yeah, in the end, it, pro- it probably took me somewhere between 40 and 60 hours to edit that together. I got sick in the middle of that week, probably because I was working so hard on this stuff. And, that, and in the end, that was good because I ended up sitting on my couch feverish for one day, just literally doing nothing but editing in Logic. Oh. But I learned a lot about Logic. I learned about um, a lot of the effects plugins that let you do uh, room atmosphere on a per track basis and how you fade that those effects in and out in Logic. And in the end, we ended up with, I, I think it's like 40 minutes. It's not even an hour. It's like 40 minutes of these different radio dramas. And I think it actually sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Breen wrote some original music for it. Yeah, I was gonna say, we yeah. got a lot of stock... Um, Stock sound effects and uh, uh, some people recorded, like Dan Serenity recorded some new sound effects for us. And David Lore had some royalty-free sound effects. And I used some um, uh, some public domain sound effects or, or Creative Commons sound effects that from a sound effects library on the internet. So I kind of cobbled it all together. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm really proud of the result. But it was a shocking amount of work. It was, it was fun work. But it was I, – I have huge respect for the people who put together um, – all that stuff, and especially the people who put together that stuff in the golden age of radio, where they had I know like <laughs> where they did it live with like a foley board. I mean, yeah. I suppose it was easier once they got set up because they couldn't tweak it like I could tweak it. But I had to do it all after the fact because we all we did it all over Skype. Yeah. So when are you? No joke, like sixty hours of. Yeah, somewhere, uh, somewhere. somewhere if you count the recording and the editing, Everything. it was somewhere in there because it basically started on that Saturday or Sunday and it went all the way through the following like. <laughs> uh, Saturday or Sunday, or no, the following was it a Monday or a Sunday when I posted it? So it was, a, it there were yeah, it was kind of like, um, I was doing it on the bus on the way to and from work. I was doing it when I got home from work until I went to sleep, and uh, and then I was sick that one day, so I just sat on the couch that entire day and did it. And so when when it started playing back there, does it sort of give you a little bit of a chills or fever? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember every little damn thing that's in there <laughs> including the mistakes the things that i i wish i could have Goodbye. fixed but i just didn't have the time to fix it but it was fun and it was a great learning experience and that's why i love doing stuff like that is because it, it, it pushed my knowledge of the audio stuff way beyond anything that i i knew i learned exactly enough to to get the podcast done so it was fun to to push myself like that and i would do it again i, I would love to do more of those actually because it was uh, a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. And so was that Logic Pro 10 or was that the... That was Logic Pro 9, 9 that I did okay. that in because yeah. that was that was in April. Right. Um, I, I'm in 10 now mostly because I wanted to try it out to see what was different. I wrote an article for Macworld about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't... I think for podcast-only people, I wouldn't recommend somebody upgrading from 9 to 10 because most of the features that are added are, are just... Uh, Music features, although the interface is a lot nicer and more understandable. The menus make sense in a way that the old Logic menus sort of like were empty and all the real commands were in other weird places under buttons or menus inside palettes and stuff. If you're somebody who's using GarageBand and are thinking of going up to Logic, I would say that Logic Pro 10 is a nice um, a nice thing for those people because it is more understandable. It feels a little more like GarageBand because they've done this interface refinement on it, and it and it works a lot better than it than it used to. But yeah. if you're if you're already on nine and you don't do music, you're just doing podcasts. I'm not sure it's worth that upgrade. Yeah, that's I'm in that boat with Logic. I have Logic Express eight nine. I can't remember which yeah. one it is, but yeah, it's the same same thing where it's it it does what it, uh, as much as I'd love the nice shiny new interface. Sure, but. For two hundred dollars, I'm on. I'm to the point where I'm on no budget, not just low yeah, budget. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. And you're spending two hundred dollars for for nicer <laughs> menus, and it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not worth it for that. I, um, I would say if you're somebody who is a podcaster who's using GarageBand and you're frustrated because it's slow and uh, it takes a lot of uh, time to make to slide around tracks and move things around and all of that, I do think Logic is a nice upgrade. It it's made me much 
much faster. I mean, I can't, it's cut my time spent yeah. editing an episode in, I think half is not even enough to say, I think a third of what I used to spend editing yeah. because of like five features in logic, like, like strip silence, like select all forward yeah. things that, you know, they, I wrote an article on Macworld that basically was like, why aren't these in GarageBand? Um, I don't believe in the conspiracy theory that they're not there because Apple just wants to sell copies of Logic. I think it's more like Apple has decided that they don't care about podcasting. They did one version of GarageBand that was for podcasting, and since then they just don't care. And so they aren't putting those features in. If they put those features in, GarageBand would be the best um, because it's free <laughs> or, or really cheap. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have it. But, so no. um, you know, but Logic is actually faster than GarageBand, way more responsive. I can do way more uh, tracks without having any problems in Logic versus GarageBand. And then um, and then it's got those features that save time. So, yeah, the select all following the uh, yeah, Shift-F. Shift-F. Was like, I think- Huge. I, yeah, I'd been doing, because I, I don't do a lot of editing of my shows. Like I'm, I said, I'm lazy. Uh, no, I'm efficient and quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not lazy. But you end up listens. in a project where you need to select like everything and slide it a little bit forward yeah. or backward. I was always zooming out. You zoom out. And then like making sure, like, oh shoot, that one part isn't selected yet. Okay, uh-huh. no, go get that one. And I still to this day, even though I know select all following works, I still don't trust it because back in the day when I used to do it the my you know ignorant way, I would always end up missing something. You miss and something, and then like, it would, yeah, yeah, yep, been <laughs> so there. Feared my. I posted episodes with that before. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, why is this person's voice suddenly appearing a second time while they're talking? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Which yeah, in your show, especially when you're doing all the edits you're doing, you're going to run into that even more. Oh yeah. And then you did a DVD bonus track as well for the. For the radio episode, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at at the we did we did like a recap of it, uh, it's sort of like what we learned and all that. And that's the after dark on five by five. So it's actually right. linked to from the from the main episode is the after dark, and and that's got outtakes and uh, and David the playwright and Serenity who directed it and I talking about it and sort of how we put it together. And uh, at the end of it, it's actually got the Skype version of one of our read-throughs so if somebody's interested in sort of like how you go from from something you know that's just voices to something else i just dropped on the the read-through version of one of the stories so it's like a 15 minute story or something like that and it's it's interesting to see how what what of it is there and then all the things that aren't there because it's got no sound effects it's just dialogue um and that was fun and then i did with um i also did another kind of post-mortem with uh with Mike Hurley on command space. Right, yeah. So if, if, if you're interested in this subject that we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, there's probably a good three hours worth of conversation on it <laughs> on podcasts somewhere else. Yes, and we can just add to that now. With but it. it was fun. It was like a stunt, but it was a fun stunt, and everybody had a good time. And, uh, you know, podcasting isn't just about people talking like we're talking. It's an audio medium, and, and I love that it can be used in all sorts of other ways, too. And, and our little radio drama was just one little attempt to kind of push what a – what a podcast could do. Yeah, I think that's that's what I find so interesting about well about the incomparable as a show is that it's I mean it's like you said it's a book club it's not that it's so unique in what it's yeah what it's doing but the just the way that it's um, it's not typical in podcasting circles these days. Well, I mean, who knows? The internet's wide. There's lots and large. of podcasts. Uh, so <laughs> so what I'll say is I, I think how we're different is that um, a lot of podcasts I listen to are very. Very time, very timely. It's this this week in like sword, yeah. like sword and laser is a sci fi podcast that Veronica Belmont does, and Tom Merritt, I think, um, and it it essentially is the same premise as the incomparable in that it's geek culture, and there are a bunch of others like this too, um, but uh, sword and laser is a good example, and 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 others do the do it the same way where it's like welcome to this week's episode of sword and laser or or you know sci fi podcast choose your own name. Um, let's talk about what happened this week in sci-fi. Oh, this book came out and this movie is coming out and, you know, and, and we're reading this book and we'll talk about that book later. And it's got continuity. And, yeah. and, and, and what I want to do with The Incomparable is have no continuity, essentially. You, don't, you can listen to episodes in any order. You can skip episodes. Kind of like the sitcom. Yeah, well, because <laughs> what I want is I want you to be able to say, oh, they did a Raiders of the, Lark, uh, the, Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. I want to yeah. listen to that. Oh, they did a Star Wars episode. I want to listen to that. And not like, you know, 
Well, we talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark in that episode, but before that, we had 30 minutes of news from three years ago now that's not interesting to you. And we talked about a controversy that got settled and nobody cares about anymore. I just didn't want that. I didn't want all that kind of junk cluttering up the show. I wanted the show to just be like completely timeless. It's about this thing. And I think that is the one thing that is different about what we're doing than most of the other uh, podcasts I listen to that are are not top they're they're timely not topic oriented they're they might have a topic but like even accidental tech podcast or hypercritical um or uh the prompt or i mean there are all these podcasts out there you if you start with follow up um and then you have a topic but if i only want to go back and listen to the topic i got to skip through all the follow up and i guess you can do that i just i wanted for something like this where it's not news was never going to be part of the charter i do that for my job right <laughs> it's never going to be part of the charter i didn't want it to be about news or fandom or anything like that i just wanted it to be about the work yeah. i wanted it to be something you could just take off the shelf and say oh yeah i finally read that book that they talked about and then go play the episode and it's like it doesn't matter that it's a year old now yeah and there's actually that's what i Becoming having become a fan of the show um, over whatever number of episodes. Homework. Homework. Well, no, I was a fan before that. Before I had to do it as homework, (laughs) self-imposed homework. But no, like there's, I can't remember what episodes. Let's say the Superman one. I think of Man of Steel, where it came out. The episode came out, but I hadn't seen the movie yet. And then actually after watching the movie, I was actually looking forward to coming back and listening to that episode because I wanted to hear, okay, what was the uh, in episode 100? Actually, there's a quote you said that somebody had said to you about the incomparable that. They've seen the movie a bunch of times, but never thought about that scene or that scenario the way that you did oh, in Copper and started drawing yeah. things out of that. And My single favorite moment that we've ever done is when we were talking about The Empire Strikes Back, and I think this is the, the feedback that, that I, yeah. I was referring to in episode 100. Um, and I think it was John Syracuse yeah. Yeah. and Dan Moore, and we're both talking about Luke, or no, talking about Leia and Han and their relationship. And they go off in the Millennium Falcon together and they're in the asteroid belt and then and then they get to cloud city and their relationship is different and and john i think said um i you know i assume that they've had sex at this point and i just went oh my god i have seen that movie (laughs) how many hundreds of times and had never thought about that it completely changed the way i looked at the the scenes of them together in cloud city and I agree completely. That's absolutely what is being implied there. But I never thought about it that way. And how great is that to have something that you that you know, um, whether it's something you just saw or it's something that you know by heart, and then you hear somebody's perspective and it changes your perspective about yeah. that thing. That's awesome. That's great. Never mind having John Syracuse be the one who tells you about <laughs> adults. Like, who, who broke it to you that, that Han Solo <laughs> and Princess Leia were sleeping together? Man, it was John Syracuse. Oh, nightmares. <laughs> um, I wonder I don't, if we briefly, anyways, just talking through, because I've ta- on a couple of shows I've done, we've tried doing a bit of the, like, you know, sort of reviewing a show that we've watched. And one show we're doing right now is sort of we're recap, we're rewatching Game of Thrones and sort of talking through oh. it on an episode by episode basis. But we do preempt it with a bunch of topical. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sort of half and half. Everybody does that. Yeah. And so, uh, but you're, in doing so, it's kind of made me think about how you guys actually prepare for a, an episode, so like the Man of Steel one or whatever show you're doing or topic. Your uh, what's I guess your process? I, I don't. I'll have to go through each individual guest right, and right. ask someday. But you know, what's your process for preparing for knowing that you're going to be talking about a show again, and you're presumably you're re- rewatching well, usually. But. If 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 it's something that I'm, if it's something like like. Uh, Man of Steel or Iron Man 3, I just saw it and I might write down a couple of things, but mostly um, it's so recently in my mind that I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just get It'll wing it, wing it because we've got it. I, you know, I think some people take more, more notes. I think John will write down a couple of points that he wants to make. For Star Trek Into Darkness, I saw it twice and so the second time I actually brought like a little piece of paper and I wrote a couple of things down while I was watching it. Um, That's generally my process when it's an older work is I'll watch it again and I'll take notes. If it's the first time I won't take notes, I'll just watch it. Experience it. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But, um, but for like star Wars, I would sit there with my iPad and, and like a, a note app open and I would write notes down. And then when we do the show, I've got my little, my little notepad there with um with with the notes on it so it it varies um if i if i come up with something that i think is a really good idea i'll 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 write it down but most of the time i um i'll just wing it because i've i've recently seen it and and i figured that that's probably good enough especially since i have so many people that it's 
almost never that I'm fumbling around for a topic to get the conversation going. There are so many people, they're so willing to talk that it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, it's almost it's the opposite problem of getting yeah, to yeah. stop sometimes. Yeah, it's supposed to be an hour long and it's usually yeah. an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> shut up, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in closing, I guess, I'll, we'll keep the, speaking of time in an hour, try to keep this show to around an hour, but um, it's weird. It's just weird being not having the familiar like logic time. It's a, you know, garage band's yeah. over there and I don't see the time codes and I don't see, <laughs> so it's funny to do this this way. It's, kinda, yeah, it's, it's my, my home field advantage yeah, now. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> you can edit my part out. No, uh, it's, but it is an interesting way to do, I just sort of meta, I guess a bit, but it's an interesting thing, experiment, I guess, to sort of step out of your usual comfort zone of what you typically would do for a podcast and, and without all the usual distractions and things and, and whatnot and taking the wrong bridge to get here. And, uh, <laughs> I did it. Um, occasionally, I have somebody guest host. Mostly, mostly when I'm not available and we need an episode and I can't do it, uh, or it's a subject everybody wants to do, but I don't know anything about it, and so mm. I'm going to be kind of useless as the host. Um, and I did one where Glenn Fleischman wanted to do a music episode about I think they might be giants, and uh, he really wanted to do it. And I said, "All right, Glenn, you can host it." And he said, "All right, I, I, I want to host it. I'm going to set it all up." And I was on it. I was a guest on my own <laughs> podcast. And it was so great because I had no pressure. I was like, Glenn, this is the best. Yeah. Just whatever. I'm here. Ask me questions. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> and it is different. I don't, you know, it's just, it, I've done 150 of them now. It sort of comes with the territory of doing the, uh, doing the host thing. But yeah. um, it's only when I'm a guest somewhere else that I realize, oh, this is a whole lot easier being a guest. <laughs> being a host actually is work. You actually do feel the pressure of having the conversation go and making sure you've got a question you can ask if things lag and yeah. watching the time and saying, okay, well, we've got to wrap it up now. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's funny when the tables are turned like that. <laughs> and then being a guest in somebody else's house, or not house, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. recording anything out of your yeah. comfort zone. I mean, whether it was sitting yeah. in my backyard or, or I recorded at my mom's house a couple of times when we were visiting her with the door closed, and that was weird because I'm sitting at this yeah. little desk and in, in this in Arizona, <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing here? But you know, that's uh, it's it's weird. You you do get used to your you know whether it's your basement or you're sitting on the edge of your bed or whatever it is. Yeah, with the microphone on your belly. Yeah, those microphones. My um, belly was my shock mount, but it is no longer. <laughs> now I have a tripod. What's, uh, I don't know if you're allowed to say this. You don't have to, I'm not talking, I was going to ask, what is the, some of the most popular episodes? And whether that's, I'm not talking about numbers, but even just feedback and no, Numbers, you know, podcast statistics are really hard. Who can, who can say? I would say <laughs> in terms of feedback, the most popular episodes we've done by far are the Star Wars episodes. We did yeah, two, imagine, two three two-part episodes about the original trilogy. And then we did episode one, and that was also popular. We will go back and do episode two and episode three. It's inevitable. We'll have mm. to do it. Those will be more painful than the original trilogy, but we'll do it. Um, I think those are the most popular. But I, I hear about all sorts of others um, that people find uh, fun, whether it's Back to the Future or Ghostbusters or Raiders Lost Ark or other things from the 80s that I love or some of our book podcasts. Some people love it when we tear into something. Um, some people love our Hugo Awards episode where we talk about the five books nominated for Best Sci-Fi Novel of the Year. Usually we don't like them. Um, I think they, if all we did in every episode was rip on things that we hated, I think it would be a really unpleasant podcast to listen to. Most of the time we like things. Sometimes we don't. And some people really love when we're, when we get really angry about something. But, but I'd say the Star Wars ones are, are, are the, are the winners. People love uh, hearing about that. And that's, that's people who are very enthusiastic about something and know it and love it. And then are really applying a lot of, uh, analysis and brain power to talking about it. And mm -hmm. I, I love those episodes too. I think those are great. And what about, uh, hate mail? <laughs> yeah, we the did. Flip. Well, we did it. We did an episode. Episode 150 is actually the feedback episode. Right. And, I and listen, I, yeah. you know, we get a lot of hate mail. Um, I think the theory is it's about, um, Somebody's just seen something like you seeing Man of Steel. Somebody's just seen something and they liked it. And then they hear a bunch of us say we didn't like it. It's sort of like, huh. I mean, it, it's a little bit like, um, like, um, you guys are saying I'm dumb because I didn't, yeah, I didn't like totally. it. I did because I, I liked it and you didn't. There was a, I think, sorry, I think, I can't remember if it was Lord of the Rings. I think it was Lord of the Rings. I, I actually had to shut it off because I was like, 
Like I'm yeah. fully prepared for somebody yeah. else not to. And like a bunch it. of us like Lord of the yeah, Rings, but, but I think it was Syracuse or and that, somebody. That, and that happens. Let me tell you, yeah. that happens a lot where one or two people don't like it, yeah. and then a bunch of people <laughs> do, and then I get the feedback that says, "Why did you hate it?" Yeah. It's like I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I liked Ready Player oh, right, One. They, yeah, they, I liked Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, you know, but wait, but Batman, we. I know you and I disagree I, I with that. I didn't like. Knight, I didn't like the Dark Knight so much. So oh no, I like the first ninety minutes of the Dark Knight. I didn't like the last hour of the Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I feel like when things are less timely, um, it's actually better because the, you don't have that initial rush of like I just saw it and yeah. now I'm really disappointed. Um, but a lot of the feedback is about that. Um, the episode that is most criticized, I think, is our Avengers episode where Andy Anadko basically went off about how he hated it. And this is an epi- a movie that is generally liked and did really well. And in fact, most of us liked, but Andy didn't like it. And I don't like that episode, not because Andy was critical, but because I felt like the episode became about us trying to – like um, convince. Trying to, it wasn't even convinced. It was, like, but we were sparring with Andy and his arguments instead of it being like, well, Andy has this argument and Dan has this argument and John has this argument and Jason has this argument. Instead, it was sort of like all about Andy's argument. That's the part that I didn't like. Is that mm-hmm. is that it took over the the episode? I, I I want, you know, I'm fine with conflict. I actually one of the pieces of feedback we got that I thought was interesting from somebody who said, "You guys seem to agree too much." And it and and all I can say to that is I don't actually take a poll. We don't talk about what we think of a particular thing before we record. It's not planned. It's not you know. It's not in the tank for for or against a particular movie. It if we do you send out sorry to tr- yeah really but do, do you send out a here's what I want to talk about next week so to the thirty twenty odd. Or whatever you said, it's it was. like a dozen, fifteen, yeah. something like that. Pool, or how do you? Determine? I, I sent, yeah, I send out a, an email that says, "Okay, um, can we talk about Star Trek Into Darkness?" Here are some times, and I'll send out. I usually use doodle.com, and I send out a little link to doodle.com that's a grid of times, and you check the boxes of when you can make it, and I, I pick the most common time, and I say, "All right, uh, it's set, it's scheduled, we'll do it at this time." Um, occasionally we'll have conversations on the mailing list, but most of the time it's not about what we're talking about. It's, it's about tangential stuff or about the previous episode. No, you mentioned this thing and I found this thing, but we, we, we (laughs) don't, we don't, um, plan that stuff. So if we all agree or if we all like something or we all hate something, it's generally, um, completely organic that it happens that way. Man of Steel, I actually had the, had the feeling that people were going to hate it. It wasn't even that. I... I disliked it so much that I actually went out of the way to find somebody who I thought – I found two people who I thought were going to be very um, positive about it and tried to get them on. And Andy Anatko couldn't do it because he was traveling. And Moises Chuyan came on and in the end I feel like he um, he was more agreeable with what we were saying than I was kind of hoping where yeah. he would be like, no, no, I like it for this. And I think we kind of convinced him. <laughs> To be yeah. on our side at the end of that, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't know whether John or Dan or anybody else was going to say that they thought Man of Steel was uh, good and that we would have had a little thing. It just that's just how it happened. Yeah, that's like, it's funny. We keep coming back to that episode because I'm I'm in agreement that it was a bad movie. But then also I, we were actually driving. We were traveling with my family, and and my wife had I think she'd fallen asleep. And I started listening to it, and then it was playing when she woke up, and she's like, there. This is the same show. They're still talking about Man of Steel <laughs> an hour later. An hour. Yeah, no, they just pick one thing. That's what they do. And that's all we do yeah. for a whole so, a whole hour. We'll see if she listens longer. to this show and then we'll, mm. yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I want to say thank you, obviously, to having me here, having me in these offices. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for- Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. All Happy to stuff. have you. And so in, in wrapping up, I guess, where can folks find you, follow you, stalk you, all that stuff? Sure. Uh, I post a lot of things on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter at jsnell. You can find The Incomparable. Um, if you go to theincomparable.com, it'll have links to the 5x5 five five, uh, podcast and to our Goodreads group and to some other stuff that we that we have going on. Um, or just go to 5x5.tv slash incomparable. And uh, you can also search for uh, in iTunes for um, Clockwise, which is the Tech Hive um, podcast that I'm doing with Dan Morin now. Our attempt there to do something different is it's a half an hour long. We're not going to do a two minute or a two hour long tech podcast. It's a half an hour long once a week, four topics, four guests, uh, 30 minutes or less, or your pizza is free. <laughs> oh, and I forgot. See, this goes back and to Macworld.com and techhive.com are fine places to get information about computers and such. Yes. I can definitely 
attest to that. <laughs> in being out of my surroundings, I, I forgot my uh, the way I often end the shows is what podcast do you listen to? Oh, yeah. What, what apps do you listen to? Do you have time to sure. cover those? I don't know how many sure. you have, but we'll start with the podcast you listen to. What, uh, what are well, some of your faves? Oh, uh, what are some of my faves? I feel like I should get out um, my iPhone and look. I'm, I'm currently using Downcast, although I've used a bunch of other uh, ones over the over the ages, and I've got a bunch on here. But Downcast, for whatever reason, is just the one that Pretty is sticking stuck. for now. It's not great. I really wish that I could find a podcast app that would let me relatively easily build playlists. And um, most of them seem to want to either let make you manually like add a playlist or a, an episode at a time, or they want to be smart playlists with no editing ability. And I kind of want to be able to to yeah. do somewhere in, something in between. So my favorite podcast right now is called the Flop House. Um, it's a podcast by, it's three guys in there. I'm going to say, I think they're all, all about 30. Uh, they, they're in Brooklyn and two of them are writers for the daily show. Oh. And one of them is a, is like a comedian bartender guy, dude. Um, and they watch a bad movie. Well, they watch a flop. They watch a movie that was either a critical failure or a box office failure or both. And then they immediately upon finishing watching the movie, they move to the microphones and then they talk about the movie, explain what it was was in it, do lots of hilarious tangents. And essentially, they are so funny that it doesn't matter that the movie is terrible and it usually is because they are doing – these are very, very funny people saying ridiculous and funny things about movies and about all sorts of other random stuff that comes into their heads at any given time. And they know their movies, and the movies they watch are really bad. But um, I, I, And they've done like 130 episodes, and it's great. That is, that is absolutely my favorite podcast. I also really like The Bugle, speaking of The Daily Show, which is John Oliver from The Daily Show and Andy Zaltzman, who's a British stand-up comedian and friend of his. So one of them's in London, one of them's in New York. That's a news satire. So it's sort of like The Daily Show, except way more swearing. Because you can do that on a podcast, um, so I, those are the, those are the ones that I am um, that are are my absolute favorites. Um, I don't want to I don't want to take sides on the on the tech podcast thing. I listen to a lot of different tech podcasts. I, you know, I listen You're to a, a Dan. Benjamin I listen. Well, I listen to Unprofessional <laughs> with Lex Friedman. Some I listen to. Well, that's because you're saying him because he pays your bills now. That's so. true. That's true. I, you know, I, I've been listening. I listen to select episodes of The Prompt and the Anadco Almanac and the New Disruptors. You know, and um, and uh, ad hoc that Renee Ritchie does. I, I listen to that one sometimes. I listen to almost all of Accidental Tech Podcast. That's one. But I have so many queued up. You know, uh, you know, talk show with John John Gruber. I listen to select episodes of, and some of the other Mule stuff. Um, uh, there, there's a great and there's a great uh, Doctor Who podcast called The Two Minute Time Lord that I like a lot. And there again, like with Clockwise, one of the things I love about it is that um, it is more or less two minutes long. It's a short essay about a topic. So it's not what's the news and what are the fans talking about, but it's a guy who's a huge Doctor Who fan, and I love Doctor Who, huge Doctor Who fan, and he has a two-minute sort of like take on some aspect of the show, and that's it. That's the whole thing, and I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that it's not me listening to um, a bunch of people sit for two hours talking about it, you know? I do already do a show like that. I, I don't need say. to listen to one. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, and yeah. that goes back to what I was saying. Why I like love the show that you do is because it is a little bit outside the box. And I think that's if I can encourage anybody who's listening with this to not just try and do the here's the news, here's the thing, and follow the same patterns as much as we all do it, and we all model well, ourselves and, after periods, right. And some but, shows are like that where it's very much like yeah. a rhythm of like we want you to listen every week and all of that. But not yeah. all of them have to be that way. Yeah, I guess. and I think that's what is unique and what the incomparable shows is that you can build an. I mean. Build an audience about with something like that where isn't it isn't guaranteed you have to listen every week and right right some of our iTunes reviews say well I don't listen every week it's <laughs> like it's that's like fine a, yeah I know that's what that's what's that's, neat about podcasts that's we are very much not trying to have everybody listen every <laughs> week because sometimes you'll be interested and sometimes you won't yeah okay well thanks Jason and uh, I think this episode I guess I'm again I'm used to streaming it live sure. so I'm used to talking to someone so there's nobody listening doesn't matter <laughs> yes and uh, <laughs> thanks everybody out there not listening in podcast land uh, you can find SSKTN of course at SSKTN.com on Twitter at SSKTN and Facebook.com slash SSKTN and uh, I'm on Twitter at iChris and uh, I think in all that being said uh, thank you for listening and have a great day mm-hmm.